Okay. So as I was telling you, I found the date. The um, date for? The fateful date. Fateful date. When we first met Jeff Quinn. Jeff Quinn. Was Wednesday, April 12th, 2006. And this was very early days. Well, not super early days, but it was the original lineup of the band. We were still really young. We were less than two years old. Standards had been out about a year at that point. But this was before Pandora and Spotify and... We hadn't even gotten our music up on iTunes yet, so we were still pretty local. I wasn't there, but uh, I'm, I'm a really good storyteller. <laughs> so, who, who, who are you? I'm Mike. You're Mike? Yeah. <laughs> we, we were playing uh, a special show called Yuri's Night for a bunch of our friends at NASA, uh, which commemorates the first, per, first human being who went into orbit. Oh, I probably should say what pub it was. <laughs> yeah, it was Flying Sloppy or something. <laughs> And so it was an awesome gig, not a good gig? No, it was it, the only reason, I mean, really the only saving grace about it is that we met Jeff that night. It was a showcase show with a bunch of other bands, and we were not too excited about playing this gig because we knew we weren't going to be able to run our own sound, and we were only going to be playing maybe for an hour or something like that. And it was a Wednesday night. We would much rather either be rehearsing or just taking some time off. Uh, but they really wanted us to do it, so we did it. And uh, yeah, so so it was a uh, flying saucer downtown Houston, just on Main Street. Uh, uh, kind of a poser pub, you know. Uh, it got a lot of beer, but uh, that's about it. We, we 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 never set foot in the place, nor have we since. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we. Uh, I don't recall much of that night. It was uh, very forgettable. Sound was terrible. Um, a uh, lot of people in there, but you know when you string a bunch of bands together, it's it's very uh, you know and and you have minimal sound and you know free show, so you kind of you, you you know you, you get in there and uh, there's there's nothing worse than doing a free show and getting a list of rules you know from the don't do this and don't do that. Don't. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, that's that's real rock and roll yeah. right there. And um, uh, this is what you're going in doing for a free gig on in, on a weeknight to an audience that couldn't care less. If there's music there or not. Yeah. So you're starting off in the red. So we get in there. We're not thrilled about it. And this load in's crap. And, the, you know, uh, it's a uh, lo- lot of people in there, of course. And in, in, in typical fashion, they uh, they put you on the on the in the in, in the corner, uh, you know, with a floor space about the size of a coaster. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, go go ahead. You know, do whatever you want as long as you follow these rules. And then. um so, so we, we played our show begrudgingly and, um, I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't recall, you know, much of the, much of the set that night, but we, you know, we had a lot, lot of energy and, um, Brian Vogel on drums and Tori Hoyseth on fiddle, uh, Chad, his last name eludes me, uh, on bass and, um, and myself. But so, so Jeff Quinn was there, but how did, how did you guys meet him? Like, how did he, he came up and requested Sean South. Nice. And uh, I do have a very vague memory of that because it was one of the, the cooler things. Because, you know, it was a cocktail party for, for NASA mm-hmm. people and, and, you know, space science enthusiasts and stuff like that. It really wasn't about the space music. Force. And most of the other bands there were, I'm sorry to say, terrible. And they were also, even if they were good, they were mixed terribly because uh, the, the sound gear was awful and whoever was running it didn't know what, didn't know what they were doing. So having this guy come up and actually request, you know, an actual Irish rebel song. Yeah, that's one of the better, that's a cooler rebel song. I mean, you know, usually you get 
what like any boy yeah or that's uh, a rebel song no but like you have to be a rebel to play it you'll get black and tans would probably be like your your go-to rebel song but i i first heard it uh done by the wolf tones actually i'd only heard it by the wolf tones and uh to this day my favorite version is our good friend Derek warfield singing uh, Sean South and, and, and again to shine a light too I, I don't know if the bands were that terrible it was just that they were a bunch of bands that had you know volunteered to do this stuff so they're they're on no timetable so you, you, you know you kind of we've talked about this before you want to get in and get out but when, I guess what, you know when you don't play shows all the time and at the end of your set you kind of stand around talk to it versus getting your gear off and then you know let the next band up and get ready to play so I remember it was a solo. I think it was a solo guy, or maybe a duo or something. And mm-hmm. just took forever to get it way, way over the time. And then, you know, yeah. and like we said before, didn't want to be there. So you're in a, you're, and then, you know, kind of playing background. And, um, but we're, we, we've never been a good background band. No. <laughs> we've never been a good foreground band. <laughs> we're, we're just, but we're just, you know, it, it's difficult to, uh, and, and also remember downtown Houston not set up for uh for loading in and loading out and mm-hmm. you know parking's difficult it, like yeah. any especially any, at main any, street which yeah, is what it's one, exactly yeah. big 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 downtown and lots of traffic and just just you know, so the logistics are always difficult so you're not you're starting off from from a place of you, you, nobody was really thrilled about being there so <laughs> so yeah but that's the, the crazy thing that we always talk about you know we play these gigs and some really bad gigs and you never know who you're going to meet. Like you never know that lifelong friend that you're going to meet or mm-hmm. who's going to be there. You know, I always keep hoping, you know, you know, like you're going to meet somebody, meet somebody cool, you know, <laughs> maybe some, somebody star Wars flavored, but it hadn't happened yet. Oh. But, but you know, it's a, you never know. It's like the, the most unlikely gigs are when we, we meet these people and then we, we end up becoming friends. And well, we've said, friends. yeah, we've said that before too. Just, not even for not even for that aspect. Just for it, you don't take a night off. If you're going to go out and you're going to play, you go out and play. You just you know don't mail it in. You just two people or two thousand or twenty thousand. You just don't mail it in. You know. So so you got like a request for Sean South, and then that's kind of it, right, for that night. Yeah, that that would that would you know. And again, if we hadn't met Jeff later, there's no way I would have remembered that mm-hmm. at all. Or you know, I only would have remembered that we played there and we were <laughs> pissed off about being there. Yeah, um, but for NASA, nothing against that. We love the people from NASA, but this, you know, this, this, Most of them. this night was about them and, you know, it wasn't really about us. Yeah. And, uh, so then this guy comes up and requests Sean South that he, I think he might've asked me, I might've been the person he came to talk to. And I was like, Hey, you know, there's somebody actually knows, you know, the music that we play. And, <laughs> and, all, and then, then it became fun because we actually had somebody who was, who was really appreciative of, you know, the special kind of stuff that we were doing. Yeah, and he, and also when 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 asked to play something that you know, and then obviously they're paying attention. So so you, you know you you're doing something right, but people are are, are drawn to Chad because he's the most uh, he's he's the most approachable. Uh, <laughs> I think it just it may just been my proximity to the uh-huh. to the uh-huh. edge of the stage. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that could be it too. But also um, also uh, I I had a I had a secret mission. I wanted to I wanted to uh, you know I wanted to play the Yuri. At night show just so I could join Space Force sometime <laughs> in the future. <laughs> no, um, uh, what else was I, I'm trying? I'm trying to 
I'm trying to remember anything about that night that was that was redeemable. I think it might have been really hot and sticky and nasty. So at, just, least, at least there was that. Yeah, I, I, as we already said, I just mainly remember just us being really annoyed that <laughs> we were there. I hope we've painted a picture of how aggravated. Yeah, I think we got it. <laughs> aggravated. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward. Uh, what is it? I guess four years. Um, we sorted this out earlier that there was a woman named Christy Grant who called you yeah. just out of the blue. Yep. And uh, told you about Jeff, that he was, that we were one of his favorite bands. And yeah, I, 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 I remember getting the phone call, believe it or not. I remember, I, I actually, I remember exactly where I was when I got the phone call, which is strange for me. But, um, but I remember going out in the, in the back and uh, sitting out in the sun and just the talking back 40, to her. Huh? The back 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember uh, Christy being very, very Winkleman, Christy Winkleman Grant. Well, she reminded me of this show that we had played in Houston. And she had said that we had had a request for something. And ever since that song, and we played it, this guy had bought our CD and had been listening to our CD in Omaha. And we're his favorite band. Well, uh, unfortunately... Uh, he'd been diagnosed with uh, with ALS, and uh, you know ALS is a death sentence. So they're doing a benefit for him. We're his favorite band, and would we, could we, come to Omaha and play a show? Well, yeah, yeah. I remember whenever you found out about it because you kind of called around around the horn, and we were we were like, how are we going to get to Nebraska in the middle of January? Like I, I don't, I don't think we could drive, so we were, we were gonna have to figure out how to fly up there, which meant we'd have to rent gear and stuff. So that was kind of there was a lot of a, mm-hmm. a lot of things, but it, you know, I guess that first trip it kind of worked out because we ended up doing three shows up there, and you know we stayed busy like we do, you know. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah I, I'd suggested to her as well contacting the airline, seeing if they could donate mm-hmm. stuff, and and they did. I mean, they worked extremely hard on on getting rooms and transport and all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. it was just, uh, but the, 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 the thing that's still so amazing to this day, and I, I know I'm not alone in it. It's just, is how much work and effort people put forth for him. You know, his friends put forward for him. It's just, yeah, it's, I mean, w- once you meet him, you understand, but we were coming from a place of, you know, just a, a person that we were, yeah, we'd heard of. And so like we I mean we just flew into the Omaha airport and we were walking out and it was kind of like okay, where do we go? And I think we walked past we him. We walked right past walked, him. Walked right past yeah. him. But it was, it was Jay. Jay Holland and and Jeff Quinn and came Jeff, and yeah. pick, came and picked us up at the airport. And we just uh so they'd rented a van for us and uh I remember Jay was just absolutely miffed that they had uh, cuz they had uh, that feature in it, you know, where you the anti-skid thing and you couldn't so Jay wanted to do donuts in the in the parking lot and this thing this thing I mean you couldn't drop you couldn't drop this van off a cliff and make it go fast and that was really cool I mean for me that was definitely my first time to meet Jeff because I wasn't in the band the the first show and uh, yeah. you know it's weird because uh, it is, I I haven't known anybody else with ALS or Lou Gehrig's you know before that you know so you meet him and and you know I'm kind of like oh this doesn't seem that bad of course it's the early stages you know. And uh, he he was a real strong guy, like really, you know, really young guy. He was handsome, you know, like what was it? I don't even know how old he was. He was in his 40s or something. He's the yeah. same age as me. Yeah. yeah. 
He's in his forties or fifties, you know, sixties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was really young, good like looking, like yeah. good looking guy, you know, that like the black curly hair, and you know, just uh, he seemed he seemed healthy, he seemed fine, you know, and uh, and it's it's kind of cr- kind of cool that we got to you know have time with him when he was in prime health like that. Yeah, and the, the only there was only a really slight slur in his voice at that point. Yeah. Symptom wise and he would apologize for it. No, it sounds like I'm drunk, but you know, it's just he's not it's just the yeah, and yeah. there was the, there was absolutely I mean if we because it was our first time meeting him, yeah. and if he hadn't said anything, yeah. you never would have guessed I never would have guessed drunk. To me he just man. sounded he kinda sounded like like almost like an old man's voice in a sense. And and part of this I think was because he he did grow up in Kansas City, Missouri, which is where a lot of my family's, my, a lot of my dad's side of the family is from. That's where he grew up. That's where my grandfather was born, all that stuff. But uh, so he kind of reminded me a little bit of my grandfather. Yeah, had a little. I thought I detected a little bit of that Kansas City accent there, mm-hmm. a little bit of Midwesterner twang in his voice, and uh, just the whole way that he uh, expressed himself. Just he just, uh, I just dug him right off the bat. But he yeah. was just such a great guy, and just so excited for us to be there and. Yeah, never stop smiling. Yeah, never, never stop laughing. Yeah, the, I guess like for people who never got to meet Jeff, you know, he, I I kind of feel the same thing. It's like if you grow up uh, Irish Catholic in America, you kind of have this this common bond, and you probably know somebody like Jeff Quinn. You know, like Saturday morning, you're watching Notre Dame because there's a Fighting Irish, and you know it doesn't matter that that it's you know a French school, but they you know. They're the Fighting Irish, so you know you're a huge Notre Dame fan. You know he played softball. Uh, a lot of his best friends were through the softball, you know, softball thing. Um, you know, his baseball fan, big baseball fan. Uh, Kansas City Royals, yeah, Kansas City Royals all day, and um, you know, Catholic had you know four beautiful daughters, all you know, all through the you know confirmations. Three, three. Uh, I gave him an extra one. <laughs> yeah, you better slow down. Yeah. But you know, like like the the you know, he grew up in that, you know, Irish American experience which which I feel like a lot of people you know, a lot of people you meet have that, you know, your dad's in in the AOH, you know, the Hibernian stuff like that. It, it's a very common thing, you know, that kind of guy and you know, he he loved Irish music. He knew all the songs. All the all the rebel stuff, especially yeah, you know. Well, his dad Bill, mm-hmm. who we've met a thousand times too, uh, he comes to see it with uh, Weston. He was he would uh, you see exactly where he got it. You yeah. see exactly how he came up in that, you know. And his uh, mm-hmm. so we got to meet Jeff's mom and dad many times, and um, they actually have family in in Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we've met we've met. I think we met his whole family. We've met Jeff's whole family, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but yeah, the Irish heritage just was absolutely, they were completely immersed in it. The whole family completely immersed in the, in their ancestry. So they were, they were well-versed in just about everything we did. Yeah. And it was a. Yeah. And I think too, a lot of that, a lot of that spread of, of rebel music through America was, you know, during the, you know, sixties and seventies during the troubles you know, a lot of the a lot of the Irish political guys would come over here and fundraise. You know, and they'd go to all the, the still do yeah they still yeah. do you know and they, they they would come over, bring their story. You know, they'd go to the churches, they'd go to you know Knights of Columbus halls, they would go to 
you know, Hibernians and stuff. And that's where, that's where all this, you know, Irish rebel music taken hold in, in America where, where people really got to know these songs, you know, and shared it with their kids. And I think that that's where, where Jeff's love for all that, all the, you know, Irish Republican side yeah, uh, really came out, you know, was, was through those, those trips that, you know, Irish political leaders made over here to fundraise. So, uh, really cool. Uh, and to me, it's like, you know, Jeff, Jeff Quinn is just, he's like so many people I've met through my life or, you know, uncles or, you know, friends of my dad and things like that. It just, you know, it reminds me so much of that. Cause it's just kind of that quintessential Irish American and, you know, really strong bond with that. Um, you know, and, you know, so when we went up to Omaha and hung out with him, got to meet him, meet the family, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had some funny, uh, you know, things with Jay Holen kind of just took us under his wing to, to try to try to help us organize these shows and yeah. rent gear and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's very generous. Took, <laughs> took us under his wing. He did everything. Yeah. He absolutely did everything and he didn't know what he was asking for. So yeah. these music shops see him coming and they're just like, yeah, yeah, you need a, you know, he probably wants like, you know, five Marshall stacks and he, you know, the drummer wants a double mm-hmm. kick drum set and the, you know, and Jay just went out and just got everything out of, yeah, on his own. Mm-hmm. Out of, you know, I was suggesting when I talked to Christy first, well, talk to X and Y and Z, you know, see if they'll, you know, donate that yeah. Jeff, um, Jeff, Jay, no, just write a check. I'll, you know, <laughs> he just, yeah. Jay just, and, and, and to this day, you know, we've, we, you know, we've invaded his house and his, his queso, his, uh, <laughs> queso machine. Yeah. Jay went and I think he, he rented us, uh, all, we all, we all got sweets. Uh, we all had our own suite. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, all four of us had our own. Yeah. Room, yeah. And these suites were about the size of, um, you know, a, a small home. Yeah. And, and huge, just ginormous. I mean, yeah, I think I think for uh, for Jay Holland, it was kind of like boot camp of of you know what is a band, and and Jay's the kind of guy that you could put him in any job and he'll figure out and he'll mm-hmm. do it better than anybody. But you know, he's like, I don't even know any musicians, so you know, he was in a fantasy football league with uh, <laughs> yeah. with you know with Jeff and and uh, you know Jeff Falk and and all these other guys, and and there was a guy Alan Mansfield on there, you know, who was a musician. And I think, you know, Jay kind of reached out to him and was like, hey, you know, so that's how we got to meet uh, Witness Tree, yep. who played the the first benefit that we did uh, at the slowdown. Right. Right. I, yeah. And wasn't he just trying to find somebody to loan gear initially? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. But they but said, it, no, we'll, we'll play. Yeah, yeah. And it was really cool to get to meet, you know, yeah. meet Witness Tree. Yeah. We're still in touch with PJ. Yeah. PJ. Still and yeah. unfortunately, you know, Alan, Alan Mansfield passed away a few years ago. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But, uh, he was a he was a guitar player for Witness Tree, so yeah, just phenomenal guitar player and just great, great guy. Yeah, he can. He Alan and and his son would come to see us every time. Every time we came to Omaha after that. Yeah, yeah. Fast friends again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember uh, it was kind of crazy. Like that first that first show we did in Omaha. Uh, you know, we rented they rented us the drum set, and there was there wasn't a kick pedal. <laughs> you know, we get there to set up. Oh yeah, there was no kick pedal with the kit. It was kind of you know, kind of pointless. The kick pedals what you used to play the bass drum. So, um, you know, we were we were searching around. You know, calling everybody was calling everybody they knew to try to try to borrow a kick pedal. We ended up borrowing uh, 
from Ian, Ian Mansfield, uh, Alan, uh, Alan's son, let me, oh. let me a kick pedal for that first show. Was but that the, the, the Barley? Bar- yeah. Barley Street Tavern. Yeah, yeah. Tavern. yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of our first show. And then we played, uh, what's the, the Irish bar? Oh, the Dubliner? Oh, oh Dubliner. Dubliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Dubliner is kind of like this basement bar underneath a, uh, Italian restaurant, which I always thought was really funny. <laughs> like <laughs> Italians on top and when you got, you know, uh, the, the Irish got to go down the basement. And yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a little, uh, it's a cool little bar in Omaha. So we, we played a show there and then we did the big benefit on Saturday at the slowdown, the yeah. slowdown, which yeah. is like top drawer venue in the country, you know, real music fans and real people that have been in bands built this venue. Yeah. Run by musicians. Yeah. yeah. Purposely built yeah. to be awesome for musicians and, uh, had a great stage. And so, uh, and I remember that night, you know, it was snowing pretty bad. And, you know, for, uh, for me, that was like, whoa. Yeah. It was below zero the whole time. We were yeah. There, I think. yeah. Yeah. It was January. Which is a great Omaha. introduction to Omaha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I thought, you know, I remember before the show started looking out the window, I was like, man, everybody's going to bail on this. There's nobody's going to come to this. You know, it's snowing really bad out. They got warnings out. Mm-hmm. The freeways were like covered in snow. Even mm-hmm. they, they couldn't plow them because it was coming down. And uh, but it ended up. I mean, everybody showed up. Uh, I think it was probably a four hundred person venue, something like that. Four or five hundred person venue, maybe more. I don't know. But it was it was packed. Yeah, it was great. And uh, you know, they did the silent auction and uh, you know a couple speeches. You know, Jeff got up there and thanked yeah. everybody, which was really cool. Yeah. I remember standing in the wings watching him. I have a great shot of you watching him. Yeah, him yeah, yeah. We'll put that in the show yeah. notes, maybe. There'll be tons of pictures in this. Yeah, show notes in this and uh, yeah, and that that first that first show was just couldn't have been better. You know. Yeah. yeah. So we saw him again later that year, and I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of. It seems like we saw him a lot those next couple of years because I know that he came and see us in uh, in Bloomington. Uh, when we were touring up the Midwest later mm-hmm. that year, and we probably went to Omaha again. Probably yeah. tour, we probably played at the Dubliner again that or something. Yeah, uh, that summer. This is in June. Yeah, and that was another thing about Jay as well. Jay Holum, he would when when he would see any date that didn't have Texas beside it, he'd uh, hey, you know, Omaha is is that on the is that on the route? And yeah, he'd call he'd call restaurants and Chuck E. Cheese's and YMCA's and just try to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just try to get us gigs. Yeah, he got us the Patio Quigley yeah. gigs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. KC, cool. yeah. Yeah, actually, I think that, for, that first year, because we did that show in January, and then in March was our first time ever to go out west, and we played at Hennessy's in Fremont Street in Vegas, and um, uh, Jeff Quinn was out in, in Phoenix for spring training. Yeah. You know, the, every once in a while, the guys would get together. So there, it was a crew of, you know, all troublemakers. Yeah. You know, and to, of course, they never told us we were I talking see. about that yeah. in the last one too. Yeah, how these people would just show up and you know surprise you. It was just great to see these guys just just walk into these mm-hmm. bars and that was cool too because we had a bunch of people from Houston that 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 night as well. From oh Mollies. yeah, oh, the Mollies. Yeah, because they were there for the bartending convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That was that was actually we had a really good turnout. Amon night. was there, wasn't he? Amon, yeah, yeah. 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 Amon's yeah. yeah. the reason why they all go. Amon yeah. brings. From Molly's, from Molly's here mm-hmm. in Houston brings all his uh, managers and their uh, significant others to uh, to Vegas every year, and uh, it's a that's a that's a hell of a trip. Yeah, yeah that that kind of started the that was the first time that Jeff Quinn and friends would randomly pop up somewhere, yeah. and there was many many more of those, like you said, the Bloomington, 
Bloomington show at the Castle Theater, you know. Mm-hmm. So you just never knew Jeff Jeff Quinn would pop up anywhere. I, but that was the thing. Like going back to the first time we met him, you just you realize what a fighter mm-hmm. this guy is, because you know obviously it was early stages then. But even even later on, I mean, he he made trips that a lot of people couldn't have made. Yeah, but he was just he was he was uh, he was not going to let you know that that's there's there's many vicious, ugly, nasty things about. ALS, but one of them, the, the the worst to me is the mind isn't affected. Yeah. So as the body deteriorates and every you're losing you're losing so much of yourself, your mind is still. And his mind was razor mm-hmm. razor sharp. Mm-hmm. So he's watching this stuff. He's watching this deterioration through. But he never. It's it's still uh, you know because it's a testament to his friends and his family because they they, they uh, if he said he wanted to do it. He made it happen, and they they were they were his his rails if he need them, you know. But it was just uh, he never slowed his mind, never slowed. And I remember Michelle saying, "Yeah, he's he's still in there." It was the worst that we saw him, you know. It was just his mind was still razor sharp, and you could tell by his eyes, you could tell by the, you know the 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 look on his face mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he was a hundred percent in there. It's just his body was failing, which is oh, you yeah, know, yeah. This is a and he would still laugh, even though yeah. he couldn't hear him, you know, yeah. towards the end. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, we ended up, once once we went to Omaha that first time, it ended up being a regular stop. I mean, we would, oh, yeah. we would look at the calendar and be like, well, we got a show in Maryland or, you know, I think yeah. Omaha's on the way. Yeah. Let's do it, you know. And so we would just kind of route yeah, route everything we could through there. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of shows. We still do. Yeah, we still do. It's it, yeah. It, 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 it's a. It's just a wonderful. I just it's a wonderful town. I just don't think if if we had crossed paths with Jeff Quinn, if we would ever went to Omaha. I, mean, I, I think we would have gone Eventually, through there. It's a, great, yeah. it's a great music town. We certainly wouldn't have the footing. In no, it, we no, no, we wouldn't have the friends there. I mean, and, we haven't even talked about it. When, when was that time we went back? Because that first time it was just uh, Witness Tree, but then we came back Chase shortly after that. I think it was later that same year. Yeah. We, we played again with Witness Tree, and then uh, Chasing Turtles was just when we first met John Nania. Yeah. John Nania. Or was he there? Do we have we met him before that? No, was we it, ha- I, no, we we met him the second time around. Yeah, yeah. And he and, he he came through Alan. Is that right? Yes, he yes he and Alan worked together. Yeah, I believe. Okay. And uh, Alan Alan Mansfield Witness Tree, but yeah, John Nania, and uh, we've we've talk, spoken about his the house concert we did. And uh, oh, we're going back there, right? That's that's yeah, that's going to yeah, be Angel, next month. Yeah, oh, that man. poor guy does not doesn't have any clue what he's <laughs> what he's uh, undertaking. Yeah, John and Sienna, they're going to be they're going to be absolutely tortured by us for the rest of their lives. <laughs> uh, just like poor Jill and Jay Holland. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of that place that we played at with? That was a really cool venue too. Yeah, another 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 venue with a big stage. Oh yeah, it was in Omaha. Park Manor um, was the. It was kind of connected to Slowdown, right? Was it? Um, I mean, like not connected, but just yeah. the same kind of booking. Oh yeah, yeah, people yeah. Book mm. shows in both. Yeah, yeah. Mark Manor, the he's one of the main music guys in okay. Omaha. He he the um, uh, the waiting room. Yes. Oh yes, okay, thank you. Yeah, it was the waiting room. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a great venue. And that was that. That was a really fun show too. Mm-hmm. In that you're working with musicians that that know how to play on and off, 
get on, get on, you know, and do your thing. Just and uh, you're playing with you're playing alongside musicians that really know what they're doing. So you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot take the night off. You got to go. You got to roll your sleeves up and go to work. So uh, when when was it? We ended up there was a second benefit for Jeff Quinn, but it was like it was a surprise. Yeah, I was going to keep it yes, on the down low. That was in yeah. the, it was not in the medical center. The um, yeah, it was some, yeah, yeah, it was, some, yeah, yeah, something like a convention room or something. Yes. So it was a complete surprise, and we had uh, I can't we had with our gear all set up, and we were started to play, and we got the signal, and so we started playing, and and again he was he was still walking, he was he was being assisted, mm-hmm. but he uh, I remember seeing him come in, I remember just seeing, and, and you could just you could see him from around corners, big smile, and mm-hmm. just. You know, just the the anticipation because he, you know, of course we're we're <laughs> shaking the walls of the building, you know. So it was uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was a great night, and everybody was there. His family all all mm-hmm. came up. Yeah, and uh, his a, daughters were there. Which yep. you know, I, I don't think they were. They went the first show we did was like an eighteen and up thing. The first benefit, probably. But it, I remember meeting his daughters then. Yeah, and. Uh, and you know his his daughter got up and gave that speech, and I was just blown away because I I couldn't even get those kinds of words out, and she was just you know she was really cool. They they had Morgan. a what was that our daddy's voice was the name yeah. of the mm-hmm. they set up kind of a little charity. There there's some things with with ALS you know where you know you lose control of your speech, and so you know there's a lot of things that the insurance would cover as far as treatments, but things like like that they didn't help. So our daddy's voice was kind of a uh, a charity to help, you know, people suffering from ALS to kind of preserve their message for their kids and stuff like that. And, and uh, I, I think they had like some, they were working on some software where, you know, if you could type it, it could, it could read it out in their voice. I mean, it was really, really cool stuff they were working on. And, uh, you know, so that way that people with ALS could still talk and not have to, you know, be the, the, you know, Stephen Hawking robot voice, you know, you could use your own voice. I think that's, that's what they were working on. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm yeah. not sure, but it was, re- it was pretty cool. And so yeah, his daughter got up there and gave this, this really powerful speech. And I remember that night was just so much fun. I remember, uh, you know, Jay brought some, uh, musical instruments yes. and the, <laughs> the crew got up there and played with us. And yeah, and we flew up for that show too. So we did? no, that uh, one we drove for. No, we flew. We did. We flew because I had to borrow a bass from, uh, from John, John brought his oh, uh, one of his jazz basses for me thing. to play. Yeah, and borrow, borrow. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I didn't want to take it on the plane again is because Continental had destroyed my first SKB mm-hmm. case the first time we flew up there. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that was a one in the winter. Out. We were just there for like yeah. one night. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like the first time, except we we're only there for a weekend. Yeah, yeah that was cool. And uh, that's what was that when he had the when. Jay picked us up at the airport with the the van with the the magnets. Magnets, on probably there. yeah. And he, and he yeah. made a banner for us. Read to the fifteen passenger van, so we'd feel right at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was that was a really special night. That was really cool. And yeah, and and again, not to not to harp on the on the the, the negative stuff, but it was just it was just amazing to see Jeff the deterioration in the short amount of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. just how fast it would you know. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. lost a lot of weight. Yeah, and yeah. just but he was still he's still you know like I said the the mind never ever ever never faltered just yeah. never not for a second. But when you when you just when you see that physical mm-hmm. you know the 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 toll it takes on your 
just uh, you know yeah. just, just just amazing yeah the, the scary thing about als is there's never there's not a timeline where you can say it's going to be six months you know there's people that that suffer with it for 20 years yeah. there's people that suffer with it for two yeah so you do you don't there's no timeline for yeah. for the for how it, how it affects people and so that's one of the scary things is you just, you never know. From, so we were all hoping for the best. You know, we were hoping for, right. for a better, you know, you're always hoping for a better and longer and bigger, you know, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. just, he just, uh, I mean, he, I, you know, it was, who's to say, like you said, you know, there's no, you can't tell how it's going to affect you, but you're always hoping for the best. And it, it was just kind of, kind of a, a punch in the, a punch in the chest when you'd see him mm-hmm. to, you know, because the first time we met him, it was, it was, yeah. you know, he was well in there, but he was, he was uh he was still upright and you know fighting and yeah. and he was still fighting the second time but it was just uh, it's just the the toll it takes on your body is just uh, it's just it's it's pure fucking evil yeah so at some point before that i i think it was in 2012 or 2013 that we did the song man from omaha for the first time do you remember when that was no no so we don't. took <laughs> we mentioned earlier that that jeff when we first met him Sort of met him when he came up and requested Sean South uh, from Gary On. So as a tribute to Jeff, later, after we got to know him, uh, Patrick took the melody from that song and rewrote the lyrics to, to be about Jeff. It was a song called The Man from Omaha. And, uh, and we played it, played it for, uh, for him for the first time. I think it, the first time he heard it was, was at the Dubliner. That was the first time we heard it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it, was pretty, it was a pretty guarded guarded song i think at first and uh i remember we were playing at the dubliner and and it's like all right we're gonna do it. and I, we knew we had talked about it but i don't think we'd ever even ran through it with with the words and uh the, for me i maybe yeah just remember that being the first time actually hearing it right uh played live you yeah know? and it anytime you play a new song it's like so nerve-wracking you know you just kind of you, your eyes white out and you can't even see what's going on you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like bungee jumping or something when you play any song for the first time, but especially a song like that about Jeff, it it was wild. And of course, you know, you look out in the crowd, and you know, Jeff's there, Michelle's there, you know, Jay, all all the all our Omahomies, mm-hmm. you know, out in the crowd, and we played that song, and Patrick, you know, had had a, all these all the lyrics to the man for Omaha, you yeah, know, all about uh, Jeff Quinn. I can't remember. It was either 2012 or 2013. I can't remember who mm-hmm. it was. It was but, yeah. most likely later. Yeah. <laughs> Things don't get done earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, well, that was cool. And, uh, you know, that, that we have a song about and for Jeff, you know. And it, Which, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say people who don't even know him still request. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to hear Sean South. They want to hear from Man they, from Omaha. Yeah, they do. Yeah. People like that song. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was in heavy rotation you know, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, well, it's back in our set now. It is now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think, uh, you know, when Jeff eventually passed away, we, we I don't think we played it for no a year or for two. A long time. It was really it was, hard was yeah, tough, to yeah. play it again. But, uh, we do, you know, cause he, you know, if, you know, a lot of people have songs about them and they don't deserve it, but if anybody deserves a, <laughs> deserves a blackguard song, it's yeah. Jeff Quinn for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what one of the one of the great memories that I have about Jeff was that time that the crew came down to Houston. You know, because we're always talking about our favorite venues in the area, and uh, you know, Ashford Pub 
in Houston is, is, you know, I consider it my living room. I mean, I, you know, we go there for, we, we went, th- we go there after weddings, we go there after funerals, we go there, you know, it's just, it's just home. We went there when my dad retired, you know, every, every life event, you know, if we can't fit everybody in my living room, you know, we, we go to Ashford not that, that, so, you know, Ashford is one of our favorite bars in Houston. And so there was a weekend lined up with that. And then the next night was, uh, or maybe it was backwards. Maybe it was the college station on the Friday and Ashford on the Saturday. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, so Bannon's, you know, which we talked about before is, a, is a, one of our favorite venues in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's not too far of a drive from Houston. So, you know, all the crew from Omaha came down, you know, it was, a uh, Ted Tabaka. It was Ted Jay and Quentin and Jeff and Ward. Was Ward there? Was Ward there? I don't remember Jamie being there that uh, time. Might not have been there that time. Jamie, we've seen many, many times. <laughs> was Jeff Falk there? I, don't, I thought Jeff maybe Jeff was. Yeah, yeah, Jeff was the fourth yes. that time. Okay. So yeah, so they they made the trip down, and of course, you know, anything Jay organizes is going to have T-shirts made. You know, so they had their own. They had their own T-shirts. Yeah, and I think they were maroon and white, weren't they? The yeah, maroon and yeah. white yeah. blackguard shirts. So they had the the Texas A and M colors, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they got the minivan and just just came to town, and they. And it, I, I just love that because, you know, when we play in College Station, we play Man from Omaha, you know, everybody that was there that night remembers meeting him. You know, these kids are so respectful and they're, you know, oh, nice to meet you, you know. And it, it was it was just, it was really cool that they, they came down and got to see us in our home, home bases, you know. That was an awesome trip. Do you know what year that was? Or It was October 2012. Okay. When he came to Texas, maybe Jamie was there. Actually, I'm second guessing this now because I do remember J- Jamie being at uh, at O'Bannon's. Yeah. At some point. Yeah, that was that was one of a uh, one of my favorite times that they appeared. You know, was just because it was it was on the home turf, and you know, we got to show them uh, kind of w- what we do down here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have some good good pictures from that night too, from that whole weekend. Yeah. Uh, I was hanging out, having coffee together before the show. Wow, we. You guys were drinking coffee back then? <laughs> you know, two uh two kind of trips to Omaha that stand out. I remember when we we went up there, uh this probably would have been after that Texas trip when we went up there and, and Jeff was still driving around, you know, he's still driving his his uh Ford Explorer and uh and stuff, but his voice and his sentences were just kinda gone. Like he he couldn't really talk, but he you know, like Patrick was saying, his mind was there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, That's when he tried to, he took us out to, to eat. Yeah, he took us out to eat. And it was kind of, I mean, it was funny because he, he wanted to take us to his favorite spots. And of closed. course, everything was closed. Yeah, I think we went to two different places to try to get lunch and everything was closed. But it was still cool to get to get to see Omaha uh, yeah. with Jeff Quinn at the wheel because uh, he was a maniac behind the wheel. He 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 drives really fun. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, we got to spin around the back streets of of Omaha with Jeff Quinn, and and uh, we ended up just going to went to the Irish bar, and it was it was awesome, man. Yeah, you know? I like that vibe. But yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but I, I remember he was like, oh, "Sorry, this is the only place we could find." He, he was he was pissed off that he couldn't yeah take us where he wanted to go, but it was cool. Yeah, I think at that point too, like he would get a little bit of sentences out, but then mm-hmm. he would kind of type on his phone. Yeah, he had or, a little some yeah, iPad to, or something. Yeah, yeah, so he would type stuff out, and it was it was funny because you know he'd be I, I I can't remember it, but I remember we had that barbecue at Jay's house and. 
he was telling jokes on his iPad. Yeah, yeah that's and right. I forgot was about like, that. Everyone's looking at it to get the punchline yeah. as he was typing it. And, uh, yeah. We just, yeah, we had a lot of laughs that time. And uh, but like we said, with that disease, you know, it just like took his voice, you know. And he was still getting around, you know, struggling around. But that was a tough, uh, tough pill to swallow, seeing your friend like that. Yeah. And then it. You know, it kind of got worse, I guess. You know, that next time when we played it, was it Shamrocks? It was the last yeah. time I saw him? The last time we yeah, saw him. Yeah, he was in a wheelchair, yeah. You know, not not driving anymore. And, uh, you know, he was drinking out of a straw. He couldn't really eat, you know. And it, it was uh, it was really hard. But I still remember, like, at the end of the day, like, he could lift his arms up and he would clap. And yep. he was, he'd never miss the beat. You no, know? and he didn't, he didn't miss anything from the night. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't blink. Yeah, just absolutely in the moment, in every moment. Yeah, and just and you knew you knew that, he, and and he was still trying to talk. the The beautiful thing about it is, it did you know it. He never stopped doing anything he wanted to do, and so if he wanted to talk, he would talk. And I, there wasn't a word coming out, but you, you knew of, what he was saying. Knew what he was saying. I remember sitting with him at Shamrocks, and I I had like a. You know, five minute conversation. That's what I'm saying. He didn't say a word, but I yeah. had a, I had the yeah. same. I had conversations with him. Mm-hmm. We were laughing about stuff. Neither of us had said anything, mm-hmm. but we were just. It, it was. I'm telling you, it was 100 percent communication. No question about it. But it was. It was a. And it, it, it's. And it's strange too now thinking about that because you're in a bar. It's loud, mm-hmm. and it wasn't close to the public. It was. You know, there's, there's other people there that you know probably have no idea what's going on. And um, we're in a bar, to, and you still had time with them, and there's still that moment of you know of you know friendship that you just don't. It's it, it's yeah, it's a different language, it's a whole different. But there was there was no question about what was happening. It was that was, yeah. was that was amazing. Yeah, I remember towards the end of the night too. We we were playing a song, and uh, Michelle, you know, helped him get up and walked him over to the dance floor. Yeah, of course, all his friends were out there on the dance floor, and it was just it was just so so great to see him up up and out you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah and that would have been you know the last time we saw him yeah you know if yeah. he had if he had, had the, if, if if he could have you know pushed himself up if he had had any i mean he he would have been up there anyway so yeah you know michelle knew yeah she's uh michelle quinn's his wife she's uh yeah we, we've seen her a couple of times since and just just uh just a, you, you you talk about a strong mm-hmm. woman that's a yeah. that's a fighter right there too yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, his whole family. Yeah, so we've talked about. Um, I'm pretty sure a man from Omaha is going to be on this next record, right? Or, or we're at least going to record it and put it out. It might be its own single. Yeah, yeah. We we because we, we had talked about doing it before separately and and do, you know putting it as a as an ALS mm-hmm. fundraiser mm-hmm. thing. You know, doing right. a, do a uh, but yeah. I think what we'll do is on 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 the next one is we'll we'll play a little bit of uh, Sean South mm-hmm. just to show the evolution, maybe a little bit of Roddy. It, yeah, Roddy the McCorley. melody actually for Sean South was stolen. Uh-huh. I think the melody is public domain. It was Roddy Roddy McCorley. Roddy McCorley, yeah, it was at least one hundred. Yeah, yeah. It probably the melody melody might even go back further. Than, probably yeah. sure. Yeah. So we were thinking about just putting a little bit, little little piece of that to to uh, yeah. to uh, kind of show where it was born, and then. How badly we butchered it from there, <laughs> right? <laughs> to uh, to to present day, yeah. but yeah, that's um, yeah. I know we'd. We, I think uh, any reg any regular 
podcasters would have had a list of notes to uh, uh, <laughs> to 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 go off of for this, but we decided a couple of weeks back that we just kind of do it like this, kind of throw it out there because it's the best. Uh, we work better off. Yeah. Well, I, sometimes when when I'm I, that's why I had I do have a list of notes here, but I'm not going back to it very much because I don't want to interrupt y'all, everybody talking. You know, this just this show has has always been more of a natural flow of conversation than something that's scripted or structured. And yeah, I think, um, you know, for, for anybody out there, you know, this is kind of a bummer topic and it's yeah. hard. Yeah. You know, this has been a hard one, but, uh, you know, for, for me, if, if, if I ever see, you know, anybody collecting for ALS, I always throw in there. And I think, I think CVS does a thing. There's like an ALS month. And you know, if you're checking out, you can add add a couple bucks to to ALS research, and I think think it really helps. You know, there's no cure for the disease, and and they need a lot of research for it. And it, it, of course, it's tied into other things like Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. and other other of those motor neuron diseases and things like that. So, you know, to me, it's like you know we we got our friend Jeff Quinn, and I always think about him. And I know I know a lot of people at work. You know, you have a United Way, and you can kind of earmark your money in that and uh you know just put puts on towards als research you know that's that's all we can all we can do we should put a link yeah yeah to yeah that so that, that'll be in the show notes and while i'll include it on the the blog entry for this on the site the website everywhere you post i'll have a link so yeah please please pitch in if you can all right so that's it for this time and uh i know a lot of people have been waiting for us to, to talk about jeff so uh, but I'm sure we're going to be talking about him again on the show at some point. Yeah, you guys want to add anything? Yeah, you know, as as always, thanks for listening. We're you know we love the feedback and the questions and whatnot. And if you do have any questions about even this episode, if you have, a lot of people don't know, uh, didn't get to meet Jeff, and I heard maybe heard the song, maybe heard us talk about him and whatnot. Um, you know, if you have any questions, let us know. We're we're still in touch with that whole gang, and what well, we mentioned before. Not only are they great people, but we consider them we consider them family now. Absolutely, we really do. We just uh, we've made we, we we knew after the first we knew after we stepped off the plane and walked past them, mm-hmm. you know, didn't know who who they were, what they looked like, but we knew at that moment that we had that, that they're lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, just it just, before I forget too, uh, coming up, we're going to have. Uh, I know we're always boasting about Houston, and uh, I, I'm I've just. Uh, uh, not being from here, I'm I'm just I'm still blown away by it. I've been here for thirty years, but uh, we're gonna have a friend of ours, Jose Figueroa. We're gonna have him mm-hmm. on here, local local Houston guy. We're gonna have uh, talk and uh, some other Houston friends of ours that are uh, I I think at big in the community. Uh, we're gonna have them on for for a podcast and little interview and talk about Houston. So if you have any Houston questions. I got some people that have answers for you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And again, I just, uh, I really appreciate everybody's, uh, everybody listening and questions and blah, blah, blah. And I have a question. Why is Kayakendal pronounced Kirkendall? That's a good Houston <laughs> question. Well, if you look at it back in, in a mirror uh-huh. and you pronounce it like that, it's actually, you know, pronounced Kirkendall. Kirkendall. Yeah. You just have to read it from a mirror. Is that how, is that how Siri know? says it? Is, is that how does she say the name? It's know. Kirkendall. I know, oh, but how, oh, how do they? Siri? Yeah. Yeah. Continue Siri's, on Kayak Siri's, and Doll. Series <laughs> Chad's ex. We're, we don't want to talk about her right now. 
he's got Siri on his on his wrist now. I know. Oh yeah. I know she's he's getting the steps in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. We will catch you next week. And hopefully Mr. McAloon will be here next week as well. All right. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>